0: You're listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 27. In today's show, Nancy's going to share with us how she took a passive income stream from $20,000 a year to over $100,000 in a matter of a few years. She has so many valuable tips to share, and I know you'll walk away with actionable steps to apply to your business. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Maria, for having me. I really appreciate it. So, I saw your class on Teachable and I signed up for it right away. Could you tell us about your printable business and how you developed that into a course? Of course. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for your business and thank you for having me
1: in your podcast, which is pretty amazing. I started with Etsy about four years ago, and I've been in the digital space now for 11 years. And I started in the digital space when the recession hit in 2007. And around 2009, I had lost my home and I started searching online how to make money online. And back then I heard about it. I didn't know too many people. So it was just a lot of um, trial and error. I didn't have the overnight success that some people have taking mm-hmm. me years to make money online. And in 2015, I got engaged with, excuse me, 2014, I got engaged with my husband and someone told me about XE. They were like, you should go to Exe to buy products for your wedding. And beforehand, I never heard of Xy before. So I went to Xy, and I remember looking around and buying do-it-yourself products that you buy and you actually edit and print yourself. So I ended up buying like a wedding sign, a couple invites, and I had like an aha moment. I remember saying to myself, okay, I just purchased all these items from this person. I'm the one that's going to edit the information. I'm the one that's going to go ahead and print it out And they're not doing anything else besides obviously creating the product. And I thought, wow. And then I started as a digital marketer, I started looking at other stores and I started noticing that a lot of people were making good money off passive income selling on Etsy. And that kind of sparked the idea of, you know what? I'm going to create an Etsy store. And I tried Etsy in the first month. I made about $102 and I had no prior experience with handmade items or creating anything. And I remember. I was selling quotes and I was using Word document. I would type in a quote on Word, save it as a JPEG, and then upload it to XE and sell it for like $5 per print because (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know, you know, about graphic designs or Photoshop or any graphic design tools also. So that was kind of like my quick way to kind of start a store. And in the first year, I made about $21,000 and without having any prior experience. And that's kind of how my my Etsy journey began. It began as a case study and then I ended up making money and I just stuck with it. So.
0: Right, right. Well, that's pretty um, amazing for your first year to make that much because I know I think my first year on Etsy, I, I was selling first communion pieces and I was you know, mostly just making rosaries <laughs> and I think I sold one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was super excited. But yeah, for sure, when you can rack up sales right away, it can become really addictive. Exactly.
1: I think what what also helped me was that I had an experience already in the digital space. So when it came to like marketing myself outside of Etsy, I knew how to do that. And that helped me drive tons of traffic back to my store.
0: Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I'm not through um, the course yet. I just bought it a couple of days ago, but I love that you seem to cover all the bases in terms of marketing. And so you really feel that that has influenced your ability to Uh, Market your your business.
1: Yes, it really does. Because what happens now is in 2016, when I first started the store, it was a lot easier to, you know, put up a store and start getting sales right away because it was less people on the platform. But as Etsy gets more popular and more people start using Etsy to sell their products, you have more competition. So therefore, the biggest way to drive more traffic to your Etsy store is using or leveraging social media, branding, email marketing to kind of leverage traffic all the time and not just focus on Xy traffic. If you do that only, like if you just open your store and say, you know, I have my store open, I have all my listings, I'm happy, I'm just gonna wait for the sales to come in, you might get some sales because XE does provide you a building audience. The issue mm-hmm. with that is that over time, when you're not listing all the time and when you're not adding new products. Um, and you're not getting that that little boost of traffic that you get from renewing, which is called recency from Etsy. That's not a good strategy to just do only. You have to make sure that you're building a memorable brand, that you're working on your email marketing to retarget people that already showed interest in your brand and that you're driving the additional traffic outside of Etsy as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I love that your course covers all of those things because even with my own jewelry business, I didn't realize that you know it could become a little stagnant if you're not adding or renewing or revising your listings. So I think even just getting those tips is invaluable. Yes, yes. And so, how did you decide um, to open more than one Etsy shop? Because I know in the course you had mentioned that you had several printable stores.
1: Yeah. Originally, I I did my first one and it was on quotes. And what I realized soon after, like six months of having it, is that. I was receiving infringement notices from XC because originally when I first started, like I said in the beginning, I didn't have experience creating handmade items. So for me, the easiest route was let me create quotes. And I saw everyone else do it. So I kind of took that route. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't educated enough in the area of intellectual property, trademark, copyright. So I was using quotes from like movies and songs and Sooner or later, what happened was I started getting hit with infringement notices from X-E. So I started doing research and I was like, okay, this is not the way to go. I don't want my store to get shut down and lose my assets to sell on Ex-E. So I ended up switching my whole entire niche from quotes. I had over a thousand listings that I built oh up in six months. <laughs> and as you probably imagine, it's a lot of work to do yes. that listings. It's probably a little easier in the digital space because you're not actually... Physically creating the product and then you're taking photos. It's a little bit different, but it still takes a lot of time to do. And I remember having to switch my whole niche and I went and I decided to say, okay, I'm going to start doing weddings because I don't have to worry about copyrights and things like that. So I started doing that. And then what I realized is was halfway through doing that, I started making a lot of money with the wedding and I was like, okay, let me create a brand new store that looks more uniform. It has branding because my first store was more of a trial. I failed a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. A lot of my listings weren't as attractive, to be quite honest, especially if you're creating something from scratch, uh, a digital print or something. It's just the reality of it because you're not a graphic design person. So after doing it so much, you start improving and that's how it became to, okay, let me open another store where I could start a, a fresh store, brand new. I've learned so much in the last year, and it will look so much better. And from there, I opened a couple stores. I used to use those stores to do like videos online. And what I've noticed was when I did that and I exposed my additional stores, a lot of people were stealing my photos, stealing my even my title, my tags. They would forget to remove my my name store. They oh no. Yeah. So from there, I opened another store and then the <laughs> new store was more towards, okay, whenever I do a tutorial on my YouTube channel, I'm going to use this store as the example because you expose yourself to so many people online. And when people see success, instead of getting inspired, sometimes they copy you. Unfortunately, it happens. Right. Um, that's how I started getting too many stores, to be quite honest. But what I always recommend, especially from my experience, is It's better to do one store and put Mm -hmm. all your focus on that store, because when you have multiple stores, especially if you have a side hustle, this is your side hustle. You have a full time job. You have your family. One of those stores are going to suffer sooner or later. Right. So don't recommend multiple unless you have the energy and time to dedicate to it.
0: Got it. So Mm -hmm. when you were saying that people were taking your designs, was that through tutorials that you were doing?
1: Yeah, because I do videos where I talk, but most of my videos were more of tutorials. So maybe I will show you today how to upload a listing. So I would do a video and obviously you could see my store name because I'm actually using my own store to create that, that tutorial. So people will see it. Just random people It's probably not even my my main followers, to be quite honest. I think it's just random people who see it and they will go to my store and they would unfortunately steal my Etsy photos. One lady in particular actually bought like eight listings and then uploaded them in her store. Oh. And the only reason why I just thought it was weird because she was buying like the same listing in different variations of colors and that triggered something in my head because that's when I was getting... Like scam a lot. So I was more self conscious of who was buying stuff. And that's how I kind of noticed. And it happens, unfortunately. I think it happens more for people like me that are more in the spotlight, right? Uh, in the right. way that not because I'm big or anything, but because I'm broadcasting it online where everybody else could see. I think that's why. Well.
0: Mm-hmm. well, that's a great tip then. So if you are marketing in terms of wanting to do tutorials and get your name out there, you might be have to create a store like a I don't know. I don't want to call it a fake store, but a, a store for your tutorials. I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, and that's what I ended up doing. the The new store is actually a store store, but I only sell resources for Etsy sellers, and it's a lot harder to kind of start that store or copy that store, I guess. So that would right. be the best route to do. Have one that you know is for whatever niche you're in for tutorials.
0: So, how profitable would you say that a digital business has been for you?
1: It has been really well for me. I will say though that it just takes a lot of work because for me what I've learned is it's not so much just uploading a listing and keeping it on Etsy it's like I said in the beginning it's really promoting yourself outside of Etsy and building a brand. I mean my first year I made 21,000, my second year I was able to triple that to 86,000 and in my third year I made over 100,000. This year has not been the best year. And I know it's due to the fact that because of the pandemic and my main stores are all about party events and wedding, it has hit me pretty hard this year for sure. But, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep it because hopefully when everything's get back to normal or as normal they're, as they're ever going to be, you know, hopefully they'll pick back up again.
0: Oh, I imagine. Yeah, my business is mostly in um first communion and all of the first communions were postponed this year. So, I have a major dip in my income this year, but yeah. you know, I have a feeling that like you said, once things pick up, the money will come in. But at the same time, I do believe that, you know, there's still going to be parties and weddings and all of those things in the future. Maybe it'll look different, but people I think will still want to have those beautiful printables.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think it's just a matter of time, basically. Yeah. And so do you still do all of your own marketing? Yes, I actually do all of my marketing. I'm in the middle of trying to let go of being so, I guess when you work for yourself for such a long time, you become very controlling of letting go. So I am in the midst of in the next couple of months of hiring people to go ahead and help me because my business, From my course, affiliate marketing, and my blog, they're growing, and I can't keep
0: up with it. Right? Yeah, no, it's overwhelming, even when you don't have a lot of things that you're working on. Just to make sure you're on every platform, you're constantly posting. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that once your business starts to grow, that you would need help for that. Exactly. Help with that, I should say. Yes. And do you have any tips that you could share with us if we're trying to get our marketing plan in place? Yes, I do. I think the,
1: the main thing is to understand that it does take time to grow in any platform, um, especially with marketing. But I think the, the most important thing when it comes to marketing is making sure that you know who is your target audience first. If you market your products to the wrong people or you show them to too many people, you're not going to get the sales that you want. So, I always say, you know, when you open the Nexi store, it's better to micro niche down, which means selecting one or two products that you're going to sell and stick to that. And then as you grow your brand, your own audience will tell you what type of products they will want you to add. And then you could create a robust line around those products. And when you do that and you start micro niching first, it's a lot easier to identify your target audience. So when you're marketing on, let's say Facebook, or you're using Instagram, or you're using Pinterest, it's a lot easier for you to find your target audience versus if you're selling a variety of things like keychains, top bags, mugs, t-shirts, stickers, planners, it's going to be very difficult for you to find your target audience. And I've done this with my own career for 11 years. The first nine years I did blogging, affiliate marketing, in my blog, I talked about everything and anything related to the digital space. And I had success after a couple of years, but none like the last four years. When I decided, okay, I'm competing with too many people that are already too big. When mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I'm going micro to micronage to XC. Forget about blogging. And there's so many bloggers. There's so many people that talk about affiliate marketing. There's so many people that talk about, you know, how to start a business online. Let me micro niche to XE and small business owners and help them with digital marketing.
0: I want to share a time-saving tip that we have been enjoying for the last year. We subscribe to ButcherBox in an effort to make our shopping trips less of a hassle. Our grocery bill is more predictable, but so is the quality of all of the meat that we receive. All of the beef is one hundred per cent grass fed, the pork is from heritage breeds and vegetarian fed, the seafood is wild caught, and the chicken is truly free range. I love knowing that everything that comes in my butcher box order is of great quality. You can choose your box size and even customize what you get in your order. The best part is that you can find a ton of tutorials on their site on how to make each cut that arrives. They have great recipes and as a bonus, you can enjoy watching the dry ice that comes in each box melt in your sink. I can't say enough great things about this company. Be sure to visit the show notes for a link to their page and to take advantage of this month's deals. Now back to the show.
1: And when I did that, that's when my social media actually started growing at a quicker pace and that's how I was able to grow like a Facebook group to thirty thousand members right? my small YouTube channel to thirty thousand and my Instagram to sixty thousand and my Twitter to hundred and something thousand that's how I got like a little bit of traction I don't want to say that followers are so important because followers don't pay your bills so Don't look at metrics as the point that you need to have so many followers. There's people, especially I've been in this predicament. I have had a lot of followers, but no one buying from me because I wasn't really um, in a focused niche. I was every you know, I was all over the place. So I think the first step to marketing is understanding who is your target audience. So therefore, when you start marketing yourself, it's a lot easier to
0: find them. Wow, that makes so much sense. And I love mm-hmm. that you've, you know, gone through it the mm-hmm. the difficult way and now you can see that it is better to niche down. But when you're talking about selling keychains and mugs and you know, tumblers and everything, it, it gets so exciting. I'm like, yes, let's sell all of that stuff. So I think I've been in that same situation where you wanna just I think you, what you're trying to do is put as many tentacles out there mm-hmm. and it feels like that would give you the most amount of growth, but I can totally see how you're right about that. I feel like my business changed when I removed just about everything that wasn't faith-based from my Etsy site. Mm-hmm. My business changed so much and I feel like that is the way to go, but it just seems so counterintuitive because it seems like the more products, the more you'll sell.
1: Exactly, it, and it feels that way, you know. I understand because when I first started with the quotes too, I was all over the place. It wasn't like a specific type of quote. I was selling like a variety of different things, from movies to this to that. But I had to almost take my own advice of like, okay, I'm micro niching. I have to do the same with my stores. And I think that we all get to that point that we we get sidetracked. We see this, we like, or we see a store, we're like, oh, that that would be cool to add to to my store, but. Right. Ultimately, what you could do'll also, if you're not sure how to micro niche, you could also essentially, I guess start selling a variety of things in your store for like a couple months and then see what's actually selling for you. if you want to take this route and see kind of what's what's selling for you, what are people interacting with more or engaging with more. And once you find those winning products, Then you remove everything else and kind of micro niche, test the waters that way. That's another way that you could kind of do. I think for me, the best way to save time as well is to do market research, whether it's on Etsy or using like a tool like eRank. And if I have a product idea that I think would do well, I think the best thing to do is use like eRank. You're able to see like top categories and top stores by years. So what I normally do is I check a store from one to two years old, and then I could really s- understand, okay, if this product going to re- do really well for me. I never look at a store that is three years and up because that information is almost irrelevant now. So you want to make sure you look at stores that are fairly new to see if you will have the same success or similar success, obviously, because we don't know all of their marketing strategies either. We They could have 60,000 members in their email list. And that's why they're getting a lot of sales. That's another thing. A lot of times we look at other stores and we say, well, they're doing it. I could do it too. Um, and it's great to use other stores for inspiration. But the downside of it also is that sometimes we don't really know what marketing strategies they have in place. So therefore you might not be successful with it either.
0: Right. Oh, those are great mm-hmm. tips. A lot of times we start a store and we're not seeing the success or it's taking a lot longer to achieve that success, but it does take a little bit of time to gain that momentum. So sometimes it's a matter of, like you said, getting the marketing right, but also not giving up too soon. Exactly. Did you ever see yourself having your own business or better yet being a course creator?
1: You know what? No, the course creator, I've never thought about it before, to be quite honest, because you always, you know, you are your own worst critic. So you always have that maybe you're you don't know enough of a topic, and it took me years to kind of get over that that fear. And I, I kept pushing through because I've been on on the digital space now for eleven years. But in the last two years is when I really have tried to get myself out there in the sense of putting my face out more, doing more videos of me speaking, etc. But the reason why I started with the actual course is because I remember when I first started with XE, there weren't that many XE coaches, I guess, or anybody talking about XE as much. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying to find information on how to use XE properly, and I couldn't really find that much information. So that's how kind of like my YouTube channel started. And from my YouTube channel, I learned a lot from my audience, like what they really need. I listened to the same questions over and over. And that's when I decided, okay, there's no one out there really teaching people how to use social media and branding the correct way. I have experience with it for nine years at that time. I have experience with it. I have been able to grow my own channels. Why not implement this with what I have learned myself on XE? And that's how it kind of started. I think all of us, once you start a business, it will lead to new opportunities that you never thought you will actually do in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. Could you tell us a little bit about your course? Of course.
1: So what makes my course, I believe, a little bit different than the typical XC course out there, and there's not I don't believe there's that many actually, is that in my course, you get eight courses in one. It's probably going to end up being a little bit more, to be quite honest. But the course is set up in a way that the first six modules is about 45 videos, teaches you how to start, manage, and grow an arts printable business. So I talk about SEO, I talk about how to pick your micro niche, how to write a micro niche statement for your store, where to buy graphic design, what graphic design tools you should be using, how to understand licensing when you're buying graphic designs or any type of elements for your products. So it's all that. So I teach you how to basically create an arts printable business and teach you how to create printables as well. And then in addition to that, you get bonuses with that course. So one bonus is um, 11 Do it Yourself Digital Products, where I teach you how to create digital products. So if you're pretty new with this, or if, even if you're a seasoned seller, this course will be good for anyone, to be quite honest. It's good for anyone that wants to make passive income selling art printables, or it's good for someone that like yourself that might have a jewelry store, but doesn't necessarily want to sell digital products, but want to learn how to use Etsy the correct way and also learn how to use Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, how to create a Facebook group, how to do all of these elements that will scale their business to the next level. So my course is going to teach you not only how to create art principles, also how to create digital products as well if you wanted to incorporate some of those. In addition to that, I teach you how to use a, a Facebook fan page the correct way. How to create a Facebook profile that you could start collecting emails. Uh, My Facebook profile, personally, in one year, I did over sixteen thousand emails just from doing a couple tweaks on my Facebook profile. And (laughs) yes, and I teach that in the course, Facebook group, how to create one for your business. Pinterest, how to use Pinterest the correct way. The Pinterest video is probably, or the course is probably the longest. It's about I want to say fifty videos right now um, on how to use it from scratch, like from building it from scratch up and and so on. So you get this massive course that teaches you how to leverage the power of social media and branding to scale your
0: Etsy business to the next level. I love that. I think it's so easy to hesitate when you're buying a course, but really I looked at it as I was buying a tried and true shortcut. So I think I've spent a whole lot of time trying to figure things out on you know YouTube or Googling, mm-hmm. But once you add up all the time spent, I think that paying for a course is definitely worth it.
1: Oh, it is be- It's definitely worth it. I personally am in two courses right now. So it's okay. not that I you know, just try to sell courses and that's it. It's something that is necessary. Like back in the day when I first started, one, I didn't have the funds, but two, I don't necessarily think there were that many courses in 2009. And right. now there's so many great course creators that have great results. Why not learn from them versus trying to figure it out? Like I try to do it for years.
0: Right. So -hmm. how long has it been since you've been doing the courses? Is that fairly new for you? It is fairly new. I actually launched my first
1: course last year in October, and that was my mastering Pinterest course. So I only did one course, which was the Pinterest course, and I failed miserably. I oh. I, sold, I think I sold about, I want to say 9,000, but that's from last year to now, um, okay. which is not a bad number. But one thing that I will say to everyone is that I try to be as honest as possible. And I wasn't really doing email marketing the right way. I was too timid to ask people, did you want to buy or try to close out the sale? So I was more promoting it like on social But I wasn't promoting it to my massive list that I should have because I was too scared to do so. And I think that's a trending topic in the Etsy world as well because I hear so many people when I do critiques on people's stores. The number one, I think, the number one thing I see no one is collecting emails. And when I tell them you need to start your email marketing, it would change your life. A lot of them are like, "I'm too timid. I don't know what to say, and I don't want to ask them to join." Got it. And yeah. I was in the same predicament, to be quite honest with you. And yeah. I changed my mentality. And I said, OK, this is what the big people do, because I sign up for every person that I highly admire to get their email so I could learn from them as well as hopefully maybe even join their programs. And what I've noticed is that they don't have no shame to send you three, four emails a day. So one email from me a day shouldn't be so scary. But every right. I changed that mindset with my new course that I launched on March 10th, I've been able to make six figures. Is that wow? The mindset I keep I keep you not because I could have probably had the same success, right? Um, maybe less, right? Because I'm this one is a little bit bigger, but I could have
0: had more success. Well, that's amazing. And honestly, what's the worst that could happen? Maybe they'll hit delete instead of opening the email. You're risking more by not asking. Exactly. So, is your other course also unteachable? Yes, both courses are unteachable.
1: So, right now, what I'm trying to do is, even though the Pinterest course is now on the Etsy course as well, what I'm trying to do is have, okay, so if people want to just buy the, the Pinterest course only, then they could do that. Or if they want to buy the full course, then they could do the full course.
0: Got it. I can't wait to get to that part of it. Like I said, I do have a couple of printables that I do for First Communions. But what I found most interesting was, oh, maybe I could expand that line a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was you know, excited about. But then when you started mentioning the marketing part, I thought, OK, this is perfect. I can definitely always learn more about marketing. So I'm so happy that it's included in the course.
1: No, no problem. Thank you again for, for buying the course and being part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So what other projects are you working on? I think right now the biggest project is like myself. It's almost like, okay, what can I do to elevate myself? So for me is I signed up for a PR course where they teach you how to get your name out there, how to network with people. You know, a lot of us on the online world are introverts. I'm an introvert. Myself, you are too? (laughs) Me too, 100%. I'm glad I met another one though. So for me, like networking is one of those things that, oh my God, it's like nerve wracking. So being on this particular course has helped me learn some things that I need to change and some things that I need to start implementing on a regular basis. So for me, is right now is one, finishing the course. I'm almost done with the AXE course because I'm still adding lessons in it. And then try to see if I could expand the course a little bit more. To be quite honest, I wouldn't mind adding more stuff to it. And in addition to that is how can I better myself? So I'm taking the PR course that I just mentioned. And then addition to that, I'm taking a YouTube course because even though my YouTube channel is growing, I don't know everything about YouTube, right? So I'm trying to learn ways that I could grow my YouTube channel at a faster rate versus the things that probably I'm doing. And then hopefully in the future, whatever I learn from my YouTube channel, make maybe some sort of course on that as well.
0: That's awesome. Wow. I love that you're such a go getter. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. So, where can we find your business?
1: I think the easiest way for anyone to contact me is through my blog, is nancybatijo.com. And then in there, you're able to see my services. You're able
0: to reach out to me if you have any questions. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Nancy. I really appreciate it. You're a wealth of information. Oh, thank you, Maria. I really appreciate you as well. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another ambitious handmade CEO creating income from her skills. I love that Nancy is looking for ways to continue to share her knowledge and also improve her own skills. In every situation that we become the expert, we have the opportunity to become the teacher. This method has clearly proven to be fruitful in Nancy's journey from learning how to create digital products to teaching how to sell them. I hope you continue to invest in your knowledge and come to enjoy the journey of learning. Be sure to check the show notes for the links to Nancy's course and pages. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job.